Welcome to the Grace Long Beach Podcast, a series of sermons from our weekly Sunday gathering. For more information on our church community, values, and service times, please visit www.gracelb.org. Thanks for listening. Today's reading is Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Kids, you are dismissed to King's Quest, while the rest of us are seated. My name is Daniel Long. I'm a pastor here at Grace, and up here with me is Esther McCurry. And we're in the middle of a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, and I've asked Esther to preach this morning on Give Us This Day, Our Daily Bread. And I don't know, many of you probably know Esther. She's been here for 17 years, longer than I've been here. Uh, She and her um, husband, Ian, uh, and their family, and their their big extended family, taking up this whole section, are such a gift to this community. Um, And one of the things, Esther, that I was thinking about as I was been praying for you and uh, inviting you in here is that you are somebody who... I think, exudes just this sense and this desire to give and to pour yourself out for the building up of this body. Um, And Esther, Esther, along with Steve Porter and Eric Balmer and Will Rogan, they've been a part of this sermon development team over the past year and a half, because I don't know how to do this. Um, And so they've they've been helping me figure it out. And it's been a real gift to have all of them, but especially you, Esther. You're somebody who loves God's Word. You have such a a spiritual sensitivity about you. And anybody who's heard Esther teach or lead, um, you know that the Spirit of God has given her gifts um, that have been shaping for us. And so I'm so grateful for you and for your willingness to do this. And I'm so grateful for us as a community that we are willing to receive from those who the Spirit has gifted in this way. So thank you so much, Esther. Good morning. It truly is a joy and a privilege to be with you this morning. I love this church. This church is why I moved to Long Beach. It's where I met my husband. We dedicated all four of our children at this church. And it's where for the past 17 years I have been shaped and challenged and encouraged and supported So it truly is a joy to be here. Thank you for letting me bring you God's word this morning. God's word is alive. We read in Hebrews 4 that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. What we do together on Sunday mornings, gathering to read and study God's word, it's not just a ritual. It's not just a way to pass Sunday mornings. It matters. It changes us. God's word is living and breathing, and its purpose is to sharpen you, to move you, and to change you. 
So I'm excited for our time together this morning where we can open up God's word and look at it together. Before we jump into the passage, let me pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Help us to be moved by your word, to be different because of it. We don't take it for granted that you have given us your word to read and study. Today, may we know more deeply how much you love us, and may we grow in our own love for you through our time in your word and our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm particularly excited about our portion of the Lord's Prayer today. As you know, we've been in a series on the Lord's Prayer. Daniel introduced us to the series by reminding us that Jesus' disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is the prayer he gave them. He didn't give them a different one. He gave them this one. And we started the series by learning that we could go to God as our Father. The first line in the prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven. And Daniel taught us that it shows us that he's our father, that he's close to us, but also that he's in heaven, that he's other than than us. And I love what Daniel said about how our father, so near, but identifying him and locating him in heaven so that we cannot domesticate him. He is other than us. And then we looked at the line, hallowed be thy name. And we talked about how he is making his name holy and how we are holy because of our connection to him. And last, lo- last week we looked at the request, make your kingdom come, make your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we studied how in each of us is new creation, that we are part of that request because in each of us is a new territory of God's kingdom breaking out. And Daniel reminded us that we should have a new hope and a new patience as we live in this already not yet tension of the kingdom of God. And so today we're going to look at the next sentence. Give us this day our daily bread. Seven little words, but such an amazing statement. So today we're going to look at what God gives us. We're going to look at the meaning behind our daily bread. But before we look at the bread, I want us to first see who this God is that is giving the bread. I want us to see this morning that our God is a God of love and abounding generosity. This is a theme that is near and dear to my own heart. So I was thrilled when Daniel said we were going to be doing a series on the good life using the Lord's Prayer. This morning, as we look at who God is, I want us to see that he is the God of the good life, that he is a father that is for us and loves us. So first, we'll look at who God is. And then we'll look at what he gives. What does Jesus mean by our daily bread? Does the bread stand for something? Does it literally mean bread? If you're gluten-free, are you like, that's it, I'm out. There's nothing for me today. What are we asking for when we say, give us this day our daily bread? To answer these questions, we'll look at how bread is used throughout Scripture as a symbol of God's generosity and abundance. Bread is a symbol of God's goodness and abounding provision. We'll see various examples of how bread actually reflects back directly on the heart of our Father. Finally, after we've seen who God is and what he gives, we'll close by looking how he gives it. How does God give us the things we ask for? Does he give them unwillingly, sparingly, infrequently? No. He gives them daily. 
And in teaching his disciples to go to God daily, Jesus is teaching us something very important about our daily dependence on him. So first we're going to start with who God is. Today I want us to see it's not just what we're asking for. It's who we're asking. It's the God who loves us that we go to with our requests. Is your view of God true? Is your concept of who God is self-constructed? Or is it accurately reflected in the pages of his word and in the life of his son? This morning we'll look at how God describes himself in relation to us and we'll see how he reveals himself as a father of goodness and abundance. So let's turn this morning to the passage we just heard read. Thank you, Diana. We're in Matthew 7. There's a blue book under your Bible if you want to look at that. It's on page 812. I'll give you a minute to get there. We're in Matthew 7, verse 7. So as we read these verses, we're going to see how God describes himself in relation to us and how he reveals himself as a father of goodness and abundance. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And here's where I really want to draw our attention, because in the next verse, we're going to see Jesus do two profound things. First, he's going to reveal the heart of the Father as one of loving kindness and goodness. And second, he's going to do it using an object that's common in his culture that I think will be familiar to us. So let's continue to read in verse 9. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Continuing in verse 11. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So did you see the example that Jesus used? He references bread, just as we're gonna, we see in our um, portion of the Lord's Prayer today. And we'll circle back to that in a minute. But I want to also look at the comparison that Jesus uses here to reveal the heart of the Father. He talks about an earthly parent who loves his or her child, and he compares that to the Heavenly Father. And he says, as earthly parents, though we are sinful and selfish and fallen, we still have an innate desire to provide and protect our children. Even though we are broken, we still want to give good gifts for our children, our, our very best. We want good things for them. And most of us would be willing to do whatever it takes to make our children feel happy and loved. And Jesus says, if you do that, just imagine. Just imagine a perfect, holy, sinless God. Just imagine how he is in his approach to you. If we know how to give good gifts, just imagine the Father in heaven. That's what our Father's heart is like. That's what our God wants to do for us. He wants to give good gifts to his children who ask him. Our God is a God of goodness and abundance. Is that how you see God? When you approach God, do you expect goodness and abundance? The scripture shows us that our Father's heart is abounding in love, in generosity, in provision. That's who he is. And out of his goodness, he gives us everything that we require. 
that leads us back to the Lord's Prayer and to the question of what is it that God gives? We've seen who God is. What does he give? The Father abundantly gives us what he needs. Let's look again at the Lord's Prayer. We said that together this morning. It's just one section over in Matthew, Matthew 6, starting in verse 9, 8, 11 in your blue Bibles if you're following along. Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, teach us to pray. And Jesus says in verse 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus tells his disciples that their good and loving God will give them their daily bread. That's what God gives abundantly, his daily bread. But as we said, what does it mean, daily bread? As you might already know, bread is a major theme in the Bible. One theologian I read said, bread is a divine gift, a symbol of generosity and sharing. And we already looked this morning at one passage where bread is used. Jesus says that if a son comes to his father and asks for bread, what father would give a stone? His point is clear. No, no father. Fathers give bread. That's what's good for their children. That's what our father gives. Another example of bread in the scriptures is, the, is from the sermon series we actually had prior to this one. We were looking at the I am statements in the book of John. And one of the I am statements features bread. As Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In another example, when Jesus was on his, in his earthly ministry, he was out in the countryside teaching the people, and they grew hungry, and Scripture said he had compassion on them and wanted to feed them. So he found two fish and five loaves, and he miraculously multiplied that bread, and he fed 5,000 people. Jesus met their needs with bread. In the story of the widow who feeds Elijah, the widow has a jar of flour that never runs empty. And in a time of drought, she is able to feed her family and her whole household because every morning when she wakes up, that jar is full. The bread is sustaining life. Another use of bread in scriptures that might have come to your mind is the Lord's table. Jesus uses bread as a symbol of his own body, and he says, this bread is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The bread is his body that he sacrificed for us. Like bread, he is what we need for life. In all of these examples, bread is more than just food. It's all that we need to sustain life. It's physical needs, yes, but it's emotional and spiritual needs, too. I'm confident that as that widow woke up every morning and saw that jar full again of flour, that her emotional and spiritual cup was also full. And I'm confident that as those disciples and listeners out in the countryside heard and saw Jesus multiply that bread and feed them, that their own faith was increased mightily as their stomachs were full. The bread that comes from heaven is meant to nourish every aspect of our lives. Yes, it meets our physical needs, but it nourishes our souls and our hearts too. I want to talk about just one more example of bread in the Bible because it leads me to my third point of how God gives the bread. Probably the most well-known use of bread in the Bible is the manna that God's people eat in the wilderness. In fact, most scholars believe that Jesus is referring directly to the manna when he teaches his disciples to ask God for their daily bread. If you're not familiar with the story, 
God's people, the Israelites, had just been rescued out of slavery in Egypt, where they'd been. And they're in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And as they're traveling, they run out of food. And they start grumbling and complaining. And they'd say to Moses, it would have been better for us to stay slaves in Egypt. And out of that grumbling and complaining, the Lord answers them and says to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Every day, God causes bread to fall from heaven. Every day, God's people go out and gather what they need. On the sixth day, they gather enough for the seventh as it's a day of rest. Every day, there is miraculous bread on the ground. There is always enough. They are never in need. God's provision for them was perfect. Everybody in the camp had exactly what they needed. Out of his goodness, God fed his people for 40 years. For 40 years, God rained down bread and fed his people in the wilderness until they reached the promised land. That manna wasn't just food. The flour in the widow's jar wasn't just an ingredient to make bread. They were symbols of God's abundant provision and goodness. Symbols of his daily generosity. And that answers the question of how God gives. He gives daily, generously, abundantly as a blessing to his people. The same God that rained down bread from heaven for 40 years is the same God that Jesus directs us to when we pray. It's the same God that we go to when we ask him for the things that we need. And Jesus doesn't instruct his disciples to go once, ask for what they need and be done. No, he says, go daily. Give us this day our daily bread. We see from this prayer that we are to go daily to the good father who loves us. And we're to let him know what we need. Ask him every day for the things that you need. And this daily asking, it changes us. One scholar I read said that in the same way manna was only given one day at a time, the disciples are to rely on daily provision for life from God, helping them to develop a continuing conscious dependence on him. We go daily to the Father asking for bread, asking for the things that we need for life. And as we go daily, our dependence on him grows. Our anxiety decreases as we recognize that every good gift is from his hand. As we loosen the grip of our control, we rehearse our reliance on him. As we go daily and say, you are in control and I am reliant on you. I was reminded of this recently in a conversation with my two oldest children. We were talking about my tendency to yell and... (laughs) It came up in a story um, that I was telling about potty training our first child, Ruthie. She's almost eight now, so this was six years ago. And let me just preface the story by saying, I did not know this at the time, but I am the world's worst potty trainer. I have no patience for it. I have no interest for it. I think they should learn it in a day and be done. I can't understand why they can't do it. So I didn't know that in this mo- until this moment. So I'm telling the story to my two oldest children about how I'm super frustrated because she will not go pee. So finally, I just yell at her, just do your pee-pee. And this little two-year-old, she's sitting on the ground in one of those plastic training potties. She looks up at me and she says, 
mommy, that voice isn't good for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, so it turns out the yelling doesn't help the pee-pee come. So I'm telling this story to my, my two oldest children, and my son, who's six, he jumps in and he says, yeah, mom, I don't like it when you yell either. And I say, me neither, bud, and I want to do better. And I'm reminded that every day I need to go to Jesus and say, help me for the patience I lack. I can't just go once. My dependence on him, my tendency to yell, runs much deeper than that. I need him every day to shape me, to change me, to give me the patience that I lack. And not just, not just for yelling, for all the areas of my life, for my daily food, for my daily shelter, for the friends and family I love so much, for my own spiritual growth. I, and I can go to him daily because I know that he's a good father, that he receives me with abundance and goodness and love. I know that he loves me and is for me. Do you know that too? Do you know that God loves you and is for you? I love that Eugene Peterson quote, the, the author of The Message, and, and Daniel referenced it once recently in one of his sermons. God loves you and is on your side. God is coming after you, and he is relentless. It reminds me, too, of that song we sing here, that he is a good, good father. That's who he is. And I'm loved by him. That's who I am. Do you know the heart of the perfect father who wants to give good gifts to his children? So this morning, I want to leave us with a few things to practice this week. First, I want us to think about our view of God. Is your view of God accurate? Do you have a scarcity view of God? Do you see God as mean-spirited, just waiting for us to fail so that he can punish us? Is our view of God our own creating, that he is distant or far off or just tolerating us? Or is our view of God one that we've talked about this morning, that he loves us and is for us, that he's crazy about us? So our job this week is to take some time to think about our own image of God. If there's some adjustment that needs to be made, ask God to help you see him more clearly. Ask him to help you. A second thing we can do this week is go to him daily. It doesn't have to be for an hour. It can be for just a few minutes. If you look at this prayer that Jesus gave his disciples, it can be said in about 20 seconds. So let's take some of the pressure off, but let's carve out a few minutes every day to go to the Father, ask him for the things you need. In going daily, we rehearse our reliance on him. We declare that we are dependent for the good gifts that come from his hand. A third thing we can do this week, and it may seem obvious, but it should be said, practice asking God for the things that you need. It can be for anything. It could be for a job or companionship or restored relationship. It could be for wisdom in parenting, success at school, justice for a cause. It can be for anything. For some sitting here in this room, life is very hard. Some of you are in very difficult circumstances. Life is full of broken people and broken places, and we are far too often reminded that this is not the way it's supposed to be. 
go to God with those things. Go boldly and say, change this. Where there is darkness, ask for light. Where there is woundedness, ask for healing. Where there is anxiety, ask for peace. Ask God to change it, to make it different, to make it the way it's supposed to be. Jesus teaches us that we can go to God and ask him for the things we need. So let's practice that this week. One final thing that we can try this week, write out a list of all the things you're grateful for. So it can be anything, your house, your home, your family, a good book, living in Southern California, whatever it is that you're grateful for, write out a list of those things and then acknowledge that they're from his hand. Acknowledge that they are good gifts from a good father who loves you. Recognize that it's all from him. Thank him for his daily generosity. Thank him for his daily goodness, for his daily abundance.